What do you hate? When you book the wrong show, when you're supposed to have a John and Alex hate stuff, and then you show up and you're not John, and now I have to kind of gracefully figure out what the fuck we're supposed to do. Well, you know what? I suppose we could record an episode of the Alex cast, but it probably shouldn't count towards your 300. Yeah, that's true. Well, I did actually realize, so people uh, at home, I have hidden the first 100 episodes of this show behind a Patreon wall. I think that's fair. Because, I mean, really, the first 50 are pretty unlistenable. Also, I have very bad hiccups, so you're just going to have to deal with that for a while. I realized that's good. when I was going through that, though, in the list, there were certain episodes that weren't there, and I have no idea how long they've been gone for. Like, for instance, episode 41 Yeah, doesn't exist. Did you record an episode 41? I think I did. I certainly wouldn't have skipped it in the numbering. Well, you know, it could be that uh, this is just going to encourage you to record more uh you know filler episodes at the end to cover up to try to make it to actual 300 because yeah i was somewhat you know being i was being a little cheeky earlier with this but like apparently i didn't actually make it to 300 because i found a couple other spots where there's missing things also patreon.com slash alex bolin with two x's with two x's i'll put a link on two l's um one one n an indeterminate number of b's yes if you if you sign up, uh, you get the access to that, and there's different layers. But basically, it's just it's just an excuse to give me money to because I've been entertaining you for free for the better part of nine years. I think it's yeah. a great idea. I think you should totally be on Patreon, and I was really pl- proud to be your first patron. Yes, it's true. Which is actually why he's on the show. That's kind of like a make a wish that. Oh, thing. that's yeah. cool. You could a- actually tell people like if you if they become your patron, they can be on the show. Uh, that might not be wise. Well, I'll do that. You know, I now I'm having this idea live. Public. I put a dumb tier out there that's like a hundred bucks a month. Uh huh. If you're a hundred bucks a month member, you know that you've been billed <laughs> like multiple times. I'll have you on the show. <laughs> I'll probably live to regret it after the first one if this even happens. But I'll 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 put that out there. I can't stress enough how bad my hiccups are. I've 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 been putting this show this show off for half an hour now. It doesn't look like they're ever going away. You're just going to have to deal with an occasional thing happening. Um, I'm going to make Eric talk a lot. So I still think that if you stand on your head and gargle wine, it'll make your hiccups go away. I am going to try to drink some wine. I'm going to hit pause here. Okay, so I just chugged like, fuck, that didn't work. But I just chugged like half a glass of wine. I've never seen anybody chug that much wine at once. Yeah, well, I've never either. I'm going to say that was like a full glass. Like from if it was in a wine glass, it was in a pint glass because I'm classy. Yeah, if you filled a wine glass all the way up to the top, like that yeah. was like that was half a pint. You just chugged half a pint of wine. Yeah. Well, I am. I'm one of. Uh, I know you, <clears throat> sissy millennial 
leftists don't like it, but you know, there's real men out there still hiccup. I'm so glad I hiccuped right there. I was good. I was just going to keep talking about how manly I was until I hiccuped like, like that. I so, think, I think real men hiccup because their diaphragms are so overdeveloped. They're so muscular. Yeah. It's just hard to control. This is manly as fuck. Yeah. Fuck hiccuping. So, uh, it's part of, it's part of your eight pack. Yes, that's, and then the other eight pack on top, or however it makes the make it the keg I'm walking around with. Right. <laughs> All right. So what are we talking about today, oh, Alex? Yeah, so I am. Uh, I'm gonna make Eric talk about this a lot. Okay. My, my other show, John and Alex Eight Stuff. Uh, we just did uh, 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 Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, <sighs> and um, it uh, it features heavily the concept of secret societies or. Society in the film. I thought it'd be funny in a, uh, I like burning everything that's good about my life to have Eric on and then just basically uh, make a mockery of my other show <laughs> by having it be uh, Alex and Eric hate stuff. And we're going to talk about Eyes Wide Shut. Okay, now, so wait, I, let me finish my intro because this is all they're going to hear me. This entire show is just going to be you talking, bro, because this hiccup. Okay, okay. I, is, I'm leading back. Is, I'm leading back. Is, I'm going to drink my embarrassing. coffee. I'm going to drink I'm my coffee. embarrassed right now, Eric. Uh, no, just <clears throat> just to reset the table, if if you're new to the show, Eric is a high-level Freemason, uh, practicing occultist, uh, all sorts of smart with, with the gravars. And, you know, he's, he, this is a man of, uh, of, of, of the background you would want to uh, have to talk about this. Um, because uh, I've often been accused of not telling people those per- kind of pertinent facts. And then uh, things happen. So uh, Eric Watson, and then we're going to try to fo- focus more on the, uh, you know, secret society weirdness aspect. Now, right. Eric, please take it away. All right. Well, you know what? Before, uh, so I, I, are we allowed to do spoilers? Like the movie is 20 years old. Oh, yeah. We should. Sorry. This is established on John and I would say it's not, This is incredibly spoiler heavy. Yeah. I, I've, there is nothing. Nothing off the table that we talked about. Okay. Um, were this a show about Sixth Sense, we would give away that spoiler with, with the first 30 seconds. Like, it's, yes, this is spoiler heavy. If for some reason you haven't seen this this movie and don't want it spoiled, what weird. But, you know. You should, you yeah, should, yeah. It's okay. You want this movie spoiled. You want to know that it turns out that Nicole Kidman can see dead people and that uh, Tom Cruise is allergic to water and that both mm-hmm. of them are uh, made of glass. Yep, that's pretty much it, and it and it's a uh, sequel to Unbreakable. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so I'll, I'll start off by I'll talk a little bit. So I'm 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 am critical of this movie, and I'm gonna start out by just sort of listing some of my credentials, so that people are okay with this. I've been a Freemason since 2000, so that's like, you know, coming on 19 years. Um, and I saw this movie when it first came out, or right around when it first came out. I honestly, it's so long ago that I don't remember if I was already a Mason or not when I first saw it. But regardless, I was pretty clueless about everything back then because that was a long time ago. Um, and I remember being being pretty bored the first time I watched it. So this time when, when Alex asked me to watch it, I sighed like this. <sighs> okay. And I watched it. And... Uh, I liked it more this time than the first time. And I paid a lot of attention to sort of see if there were elements in there that were um, like really esoteric, like tied into secret society stuff, or if there are elements in there that were sort of like occult and sort of occulty or even stuff that was like overtly Masonic or whatever. Uh, And I think that 
you know, it's hard to it's hard to imagine Eyes Wide Eyes Wide Shut as being a really transgressive film. Like you watch it, and it's totally like. So it uh, it's Tom Cruise playing Bill Hartford and uh, Nicole Kidman playing Alice Hartford, his wife. And they're married, and their marriage seems to be a little dull or boring. Like, they're rich people, and they go to rich people parties. And <laughs> and and their sex life is super dull. So just, like, the fact that the whole movie is, is oriented around the fact that that Bill Hartford, this Tom Cruise, is obsessed with like Nicole Kidman's uh, sailor fantasy. Like it just keeps replaying in his head in black and white. Nicole Kidman being being, can I can I say the f word? Bill Ki- Nicole Kidman is getting fucked by a sailor in in Tom Cruise's mind, and it is bugging him so much, and he's. He goes and he sees, which is the most unbelievable part of this film, because we all know sailors are gay as fuck. Yeah, but yeah. also like I didn't get to say that in John Alex show, so I just I want to I want if I can have the chance to um to insult our armed services, which I've established heavily, I don't support. I'm I'm gonna take up. Yeah, I don't support the armed services either. I, yeah. I, I agree with you there, but I don't even know if they count. Well, I mean, they certainly count for all the zillions of people they kill. Yeah, I know, but they were like they were bell bottoms. Yeah. You know, we have something like 2.4 million people in the armed services. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, they're not getting paid right now. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So I watched the movie. And um, so at some point in the movie, uh, Bill Hartford, that's Tom Cruise's character, uh, runs into his piano playing buddy, Nick Nightingale. Nick Nightingale. I, that, yeah. that name itself is kind of unbelievable. But it turns out Nick Nightingale got into medical school with Tom Cruise's character and then like dropped out and... Blah, 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 blah. Anyhow, he'd been hired by this shadowy group of mysterious, super rich people. To... Well, wait, wait, sorry. Just stop right here, though, because I, I had that point, too. But Nick Nightingale doesn't sing. No, he doesn't sing at all. Yeah. He just plays stupid. the piano. No, but I actually stopped before. Uh, the, the first set piece of the film, and I think it's kind of important to, because to, in the themes of the movie of like kind of the real world versus this kind of like um illusion illusory world is that uh-huh. so he goes to uh tom cruise and and nicole nicole kidman go to a party of of their friend who mm-hmm. i don't re- don't remember his name but uh, uh this, oh yeah i wrote that down somewhere um maybe i have it uh, uh written down um victor yeah his Victor's friend victor. party and uh they're flirting with other people and blah 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 uh, this kind of yeah so anyway there's this big party but it's a sedate sedate normal christmas party he meets his old friend uh nick nightingale there and then uh, please pick up just because it's it when we get to the other in quotes party right it's it's very much like the flip of the coin as above so below you know kind of weird thing between the two you know yeah 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 so uh, yeah i mean i'm not going to recount the whole oh yeah no i just want to point out because that this earlier part of the film yeah, plays heavily into what I what I call the interesting parts of the film that I like watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that Nick Nightingale, first of all, doesn't sing. Second of all, he's a medical school dropout who became like a professional piano player, pianist. Um, and anyhow, so this shadowy organization hires him to come to these events and play the piano blindfolded, which actually is pretty impressive. Like mm. if you can play the piano blindfolded and you're good enough to like entertain a whole house full of rich people. That's pretty impressive. I don't think you have to sing. I don't think his name needs to be Nick Nightingale. He should be named like Nick Twinklefingers. 
Nick Bird Box. Nick Bird Box. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's some interesting stuff. So first of all, like, you can see right away, you know, uh, the Hartford's sex life is abysmal. You yeah. know, they, they both show up at this party. I mean, I mean, they're super pretty. They're super pretty people. I mean, it's it's Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman in the 90s, like at the height of their, like, I'm a sexy Hollywood star yeah. sort of thing, you know? So they're they're like smooth-skinned and gorgeous with perfect hair and perfect bodies and all this stuff. And they show up at this party and right away they both start getting hit on by other people. And so, like, Tom Cruise's character, like, wanders off with a couple of supermodels. And then uh, Nicole Kidman's character is hit on by this... Hungarian nobleman or something. Yeah, uh, I I didn't get his name exactly. I think it was Sandor Salvis. I think you're right. And I really wanted that character to show up again. And that, if he did, he was in a mask. If he did, he was he was he was at the other party in a mask, and he never got to see him. So I don't even know if he ever showed up. Again. Yeah, that was a thought that John and I had, whether or not he he appears at the second party. So that's that's something that was really disappointing to me in this movie. Um, so so there's a there's a whole string of events which which have very so i mean I, I looked for stuff that was sort of like a hero's journey sort of thing or an initiatory journey sort of thing or like symbolism that could tie to that sort of stuff but there's this series of coincidences that tom cruise's character goes through bill bill hartford where you know there's like a, a prostitute that picks him up there's this uh you know he from there he stumbles over to the costume shop where there's the the like he has some uncomfortable situations there where he buys a costume uh, Nick Nightingale gives him a password to get into this party, so he takes the taxi way out into the country to this incredible house. Like, that house is amazing. Yeah. Are there really houses like that in New York State? Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And if so, can we go to one of those parties? I, no. I don't even need to, anybody else no, to be in the can't. house. No. I just want to be in the house. I'm, no, we cannot. But I, just, they, a, just a pizza would be great. They do exist, yeah, yeah. And, and uh I don't know if it's if if it's on parts of Long Island, but yeah, there's like ultra 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 rich uh, houses in New York, and yes, that those type places do exist. Well, yeah, so it's a beautiful house. That that house alone, like just seeing the exterior exterior of the house and the interior of the house, is worth watching the movie. So inside the house, he gives a password to get in. Fidelio. Yeah, Fidelio, which uh, I don't. That's he, apparently that's a Beethoven. Opera? It's a based open opera. But it just it's Latin for I think always faithful or, or faithful. I think it's Italian. But yeah, well, it means, I mean, it Italian mean is faithful. Latin. Yeah. Italian is Latin. Yeah, well, well yeah. yeah, I mean literally literally it's just they stopped speaking they started fucking up the way they speak the proper language and Italian is like into, Latin fetal alcohol syndrome yeah, grandchild. A lot of the words are the same. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um so inside so all right, now if you've seen the movie you you know this. So they you go into the the big mansion and it's a bunch of people in black robes with with funny masks on and hooded and hoods up you know so you can't really see who they are or tell who they are um and the ceremony so they they sort of like go into this whole ceremony thing where i I was really hoping that there would be so many interesting little symbolic clues and all sorts of stuff. I'm, I'm going to rewind a little bit. So at the first party, uh, the two supermodels that take um, Tom Cruise away uh, ask him if he wants to see where the rainbow ends. And I'm like, ooh, that's a clue. So the the costume shop that he goes to is called Rainbow Costumes. Yeah. And I was like, that's got to be a clue. But, oh, fuck, that wasn't a fucking clue. That wasn't a clue. It wasn't a clue. Yeah, we couldn't figure that out either. 
Yeah. Um, so at 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 the the orgy party in the in the giant house, mm-hmm. um, this is the first. So this is the first kind of. I wish Eric were here, here to see if he picks up on something I didn't. We see a man in a full red uh, uh, outfit, cloaked, mm-hmm. uh, kind of old school Catholic outfit, right? Uh, like carrying a, a stick and swinging a censor uh, with incense around that a group was a of thurible. You know. I looked this up if that was a thurible or a sensor. Is that a thurible? Thuribles have chains, yeah. Yeah, that was a thurible. Oh, I, th- I thought sensors had chains. That's what I was trying to figure out. I couldn't remember which one. Was I, even, I even made a note. Oh, okay. You know, I actually, I did too. I, I paused the movie to look it up because I couldn't remember which one was which. Yeah, thur- uh, thuribles have chains. Okay, so you're swinging a thurible around. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. the black black figures that are circling him then uh, take take off their robes. They're still masked. Turns out they're, they're all very attractive naked women. Yeah. He walks around there and bangs his staff on the ground a couple times. Yeah. And then the woman will stand up and enter into the party, you know, basically trying to pick pick somebody out to fuck. Right. So the order wait, 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 I sorry. It just there's a very specific question question here. The order in which he picks those w- women up is very strange to me and I was curious if that's a echo of a ritual, you know, cuz he goes he goes to one spot, skips a lady, goes to two and a two in a row skips another lady and then move like it's a very specific like it's not it's not like akin to the points of the pentagram which right it's not what that is but i mean is there a thing that i i looked for that and um i mean it could be that if we so so there were a couple things that happened in that sequence that i was really paying attention to so so you had the the red cloak with the thurible who circumambulated clockwise um which is which is definitely you know I mean every secret society has that sort of thing during initiations and ceremonies where people walk around in circles and usually in a specific direction for a specific reason. Is that Wittershins? No, that wait. Oh shit! You know what? There's Wittershins and Diesel. Yeah, I didn't want to throw that at you. Sorry, I just I never remember the difference. Uh, I think it is. Is it? Isn't Wittershins counterclockwise? It might be. I don't know. I well, just, I just Wittershins popped my head and I went, "Oh, Wittershins." That's like Wiccans. Wiccans yeah. know that. Um, so they also have this thing like during that where there's this, there are people speaking, and I think they're speaking backwards. I think they're it's Latin being spoken. Yeah, it's backwards. Latin. It's Latin. Ba- it's it's something backwards mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so and then they have this kiss where there. So there's the women crouched in a circle. And they start this kiss that goes around the circle counterclockwise. And it looked like it was started by two people specifically. I don't know why. I don't know if there's a specific point to that. And I did notice, so when, when he started like selecting the women to have him leave the circle and go join the party, I couldn't I couldn't tell if there was a pattern or if the numbers were were specific. Like yeah. so th- so that was not something that really stuck out to me. Um so so there's this thing. So I was also sort of watching. So like secret societies always have modes of recognition where where you have some way of knowing if you're supposed to be there and some way of knowing if other people are allowed to be there. Um, and, and really early on, somebody tells them, like, you can't fool them for very much longer. Right. And the question is, like, why? Why do they think that? Why? What, what has he done that's given him away? And is it his reluctance to join in? Is it is is something in his costume standing out? So I watched, you know, I mean, there are certain things that I thought would be really obvious. So so like different, and this is just so so like black. There's no such thing as like real black cloth. Yeah. So I thought maybe his black might be a different color. 
But no, it blended in perfectly with all the rest of the. Robes. I disagree here because there's one shot, and maybe it was the TV I was watching on uh-huh. that his looked like a like a deep, like a deep blue, like and, it came out oh, very blue, and like the other mid- the other cloaks looked more looked more black. And I thought was that because I was trying to figure this out of what I saw that too, but that was only after he walked into the circle when they were like asking him questions, and so I was I was looking and I didn't see it recur. So if his cloak was a different black yeah. i don't think that it was obvious enough to stand out um so i also looked at stuff like how he how he led the woman so in freemasonry there are specific ways that you escort people for instance like so you know maybe he grabbed her wrong and maybe everybody would notice that but that even that is like a stretch because anybody who's part of a fraternal order or a secret society or anything like that knows that uh people are shitty at ritual so your members are all going to be bad at ritual. And if they're going to this club to like dress up in goofy costumes and have weird sex, they're going to be way more interested in having the weird sex than they are in making sure that their ritual parts are correct. Yeah. So so I couldn't tell why they spotted him. Um I didn't so so I have like all these things like how how could the how could the lady that he was sent away with how could she tell that Bill didn't belong? Like, maybe it was the style of his mask. Maybe his mask was obviously not one of theirs. That could have been it. Uh, Maybe there's some sort of, like, secret, you know, like I said, a secret handshake or a secret move or some sort of secret, maybe really subtle physical gesture that happens when the woman approaches you that that he didn't have that people would have picked up on. Yeah. And if that's the case, I didn't know what to look for. Um, Well, there was that one bit where they were walking down the hallway, uh, uh, the first first, uh, lady is walking down the hallway right after he gets chosen and he uh-huh. he's looking at her. Yeah. Like his body turns towards her to look at her and all and the other people seem to be walking in dead straight, you know, mm-hmm. soldiers in a row style. But I feel like they had made a point earlier than that. Cause that, that I think it's the first time in the room you see, which I think is one of the better shots of the film. The, the two people on the balcony uh-huh. turn their heads almost in unison and look directly at him. Right, and those people seem to recognize him somehow. Yeah, which I was thinking that was Victor from the party. That was my kind of... Yeah, and that's the, the like weird big mask that yeah. has like the tricorn hat on it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that could be because the, the old guy in the red robe is definitely not Victor. Yeah, there's an argument saying that that is Vic- Victor because of the, the, the later scene, the other best scene in the movie with Victor and Tom talking over the red pool table red pool table that that was supposed to be a reference to that but i i feel like yeah i don't buy it i feel like that's reading two in because it just it doesn't seem like the same the same physicality yeah. yeah yeah well so anyhow he goes through this whole thing and he has to leave and then the uh the woman that picked him is like you know i'll take his punishment if he just gets to go um so you know by the time he gets home Oh, yeah, there's the thing with the... Oh, yeah, we should talk a little bit more about the password stuff, right? Yeah. So that was interesting, too. So he's called into this sort of, like, tribunal where all of the people in black robes are around this... the the, the center part of the room. Also, let's stop there. Sorry, I, I, I like... Okay. I, I, don't mean, I don't mean to jump on you, but these, there's these little things that I thought of after I did the previous show. Um, how are they talking to each other? Because somehow they... They literally stopped an orgy to get everybody back in the same room. I don't know. There was no... Like, you would think you'd see it in the background, but no, there's like this... All I mean, of a sudden, everybody's like... Just, but literally, no, no, get your penis out of that lady. Yeah. We have to go yell at a dude that's not supposed to be here. Yeah, and I mean, would you even stop? 
that's the thing. You'd probably have like a few people take him into a room. Yeah. You know, instead of having like everybody show up. Right. So all of a sudden the whole orgy stops and everybody puts their clothes back on, you know, cools off their boners. Yeah. Goes, goes into the central meeting room and suddenly you've got this like this. Yeah. So, so that was, that was weird. You know, I, I, uh, all right. So, so there's uh so then all of a sudden there's two new people with blue robes. So you have like the two blue robe people and the red robe. And that... Oh, they represent the blue balls that happened when <laughs> they were. Just... Sorry, that's such a such a cheap joke, but I had to say it. Well, I mean that that uh, right there um, has uh, struck me as perhaps mildly Masonic. You know, so in a Masonic lodge, you have uh, three primary officers who run everything. You have the worshipful master, and then the senior and junior wardens. So that. But even then, you, you know, it, it's all, it seemed like a, a visual thing rather than like a direct reference to any sort of fraternal order. Because there, there, was, there was so little ritual going on. You know, the, the ritual that yeah. did happen was, <clears throat> was brief and simplistic and, and didn't involve, you know, there was no like lesson or anything going on, right? Yeah. Like a lot of times a... <laughs> A fraternal order will will have some sort of lesson, even if it's even if they're like, you know, going to be, you know, evil Satanists or, you know, you know, commies or whatever. Like they're still going to have something going on that's going to be reinforcing the philosophy of the order. So if this particular order is all about like, you know, free sex is great or or, you know, sex should only happen when you're wearing a mask or whatever, like there's still going to be something going on that's going to be reinforcing their philosophy and nothing happened like that. There were no words that happened like that. There were no, uh, there was no, like, there weren't even, you know, there, there weren't even props, you know? I, so I, I tried to pay attention to the background too, because a lot of times a fraternal order will have props, even in conspiracy theories, fraternal orders have props, Yeah. you know? And, and there was nothing really going on that was sort of showing like, this is a symbol, you know? So, so you have this question of like if these people always meet with masks and they always meet with robes and and you never get to see their faces, how do you first of all initiate people? Second of all, how do you spot them in the real world? Third of all, how do you pick new people to come in? How do you vet them? Like there there was there was a yeah. there was a there was a big uh, sort of like emptiness in this whole that like the, the it was it was more than a plot hole. It was a plot chasm. Well, my thought on that was that what we're looking at is, well, one, I think this is a metaphor for child abuse. Child <clears throat> abuse. Yeah. This is a metaphor for all the stories of like the top level, like like Illuminati top elite people that are just so tired and world weary that all they can do is get off by like fucking kids. You but, know, that, that, con- that conspiracy of silence, that weird shit that happened in the UK, the, uh-huh. like the kind of, you have... So- you have all of the power and all of the money. So Uh you've just become this Uber depraved and that this is a visual storytelling way of saying that, because that's why they keep going. That's what the, the daughter and the under the rainbow references is, is I think that's what the real story is Is that because, you know, in the under the rainbow sequence, he yells at these, uh, these drag dressing Asian guys that are uh basically banging this dude's daughter. It's like, I'm going to call the police on you. But then, the Later next time on. he visits them, he's like, hey, hey, fellas, hey, really have a nice have a nice day. And then he offers the daughter for Tom Cruise to fuck. Right, right. So, yeah, there's there's a... Um, I mean, that's know. pretty depraved, but I don't see... 
yeah i mean i guess it, it i guess there's a maybe it's related to the to the uh masked orgy but i don't i i just sort of see it as a as a vignette sort of pointing out like this string of sort of bland and ultimately unfulfilling sexual transgressions that Tom Cruise's character is exposed to. Yeah. You know, where he's like, oh, look, pedophilia, oh, that, that he doesn't get involved in that. Oh, look, a prostitute, but he doesn't get involved in that. Oh, look, some sort of like secret mask sex orgy, but he doesn't get involved in that. He has to go back home to his wife. And then he goes back home to his wife. And his wife is like, I had this incredible weird sex dream that made me feel really guilty but even then it's like not real sex like they both fake cheated yeah like there was no there was no real transgression that happened it was all just sort of symbolic or viewed from a distance or all in your head where yeah but yeah so okay but hold on let's get back to the passwords oh yeah all right wait hold on we're gonna pause for a second okay all right, so anyway, uh, the Fidelius charm was put on the house, and that will keep Harry safe until his 18th birthday. And with... Oh, wait, no, sorry, that's the Harry cast. Um, oh, yeah, Fidelio. Fidelio. So that's that's an opera. I yes. didn't look it up. I didn't look it up. So no, it is. They say it in the in the movie. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, so so they bring... Uh, they bring... when After they somehow figure out that, that Bill... AKA Tom Cruise isn't supposed to be at the orgy party with all the masks and shit. They bring him into the little tribunal circle and you've got the two guys in the blue robes standing behind the super old guy in the red robe. And he's all like, yo, Tom Cruise, give us the password. And Tom, I think that's verbatim. Same, same delivery too. That's nice. <laughs> Thanks. I, I practice that a lot. Eric's got his chops <laughs> and he's all Fidelio. Uh, and then the dude is like, give us the second password. And Tom Cruise on the spot is sort of like, uh, 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 I, I forgot it. I don't know. Is there a second password? And he totally doesn't know. So it turns out later on in the movie that there is no second password. But anybody in that situation who is brought into the circle, and they're like, give us the second password. They're going to be like, fuck. Is the second password? I was so busy screwing a supermodel yeah. that I forgot the second password. So nobody would know the second password. Who's going to know the second password? Well, I wonder if that's something in the briefing meeting before. Because, you know, assumingly, like, this is a let's, – let's just say this is a meeting of the Oddfellows. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just to pull one. Um, at the Oddfellows meeting beforehand where they're like, all right, let's – well, okay, this is going to be stupid. Let's say this is the Bilderberg group. All right. These okay. are very rich people they're meeting. But they do have meetings about, you know, uh, business, 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 taking over people. Brown people are bad. Let's stomp on them. The poor are bad. Let's stomp on them too. By the way, the origin night. And they probably have this sequence of like, what's the Mason thing? Uh, who will help this poor widow's son? You know, the little sneaky thing that you can say to people. You know, I can't tell you what the Mason thing is. Okay. Well, that's what it is. I read a book on it. I swear it. All those books are 100% accurate. But – um. Uh, like, I think it's one of those things that it's probably been gone over. Like, by the way, obviously we want this to be the most highly secret shit ever. So if mm -hmm. ever there's somebody wandering around, we're going to say, what's the second password? There is none. We all know this. You all know this. I think it's probably like part of the, you know, part of the, the briefing. Because right. it seems like but, uh, that's but too easy to get in trouble. So the, the, the correct were... answer should be there is no second password. There are <clears throat> so many people there, though. No, but I mean, I think, well, I, you know, the 1%, there's a fair amount of them. You know, 1% of 7.5 billion people, that's a lot of people. All right, all right. I can't okay. do the math, but what is, is that 7.5 million people? It might be. I'm not going to do the math. Seven, 750,000? 750 
No, no, no. It couldn't be 750 million. Yeah, it could. It'd be 75 million. 75 million might be it. That's a lot of people. Wait, okay, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Okay. Hold okay. on. I'm gonna take out my calculator. All right. So there's, there's. Wait, oh, there's only like seven billion people on the planet, right? There might be 7.5 billion. I don't know. I haven't counted them lately. Okay. So that's seven billion, and then you get one percent by multiplying by 0.01, right? Yeah. Multiply by 0.01. Uh, 70 million. 75 million. So 70... Yeah, so yeah 70, 75 million, depending okay. on what the actual... so that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah, you so eat... you could easily fill a house orgy, is what I'm saying. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so, so yeah, so they, they, they threaten him, like, his, the, the, the woman that picked him is like, I'll take his punishment, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wait, let me, let me grab the wine, because I love, I love the kind of over-dramatic thing, because this really pays off later. <laughs> um, she says, take me, I am ready to redeem him. And then the lead guy, the kind of inquisitor, goes, what a promise has been made here. There is no turning back. Uh. No, but I love this because this comes later. And I made this point on the John and Alex show, which I'm trying desperately not to repeat stuff from that show. Okay, from, okay. When people, so, um, but I love that because going a little bit out of order, but during the next amazing scene where the guy says, well, what if I told you that was all play acted? Uh-huh. Like that was done for your part. And, and I went... That actually makes sense with the way that was done. That's why her. That's why she was doing a line reading, not actually stepping in to save him. That this was all. Again, these are crazy rich people. They were just getting off on anything, so they're doing this. It reminds me of, and this is what I said in the John Now show is the cremation of care ceremony. Okay. You know the Bohemian yeah, Grove thing, yeah. where this this whole thing is just this dumb, over the top thing for rich people to get their rocks off off. So it's just like, oh, great Moloch, and then they do like this. Oh, I should explain. The creation of Kara Ceremony is there's a place in California where uh, the elites go and worship at an owl statue. Uh, right. They do this whole, this Bohemian whole, Grove. Yeah, this whole ritual. Yeah. And um, it's called the cremation of care. But the ritual is basically summer camp shit, but it looks scary. So there's people in robes and they fake kill an effigy. They burn an effigy of a human. But the human is care. So it's ah. basically going like, we're on vacation, bro. Yeah, party. So the cremation of care is the care of the everyday world getting to... Anyway, so I'm t- again, I just have to be the spoiler for interesting conspiracy theories. But I think that's what's happening here is that this is their their play acting. This is their their, their silly ceremony mm-hmm. play that they're doing because this gets them off of like, ooh, danger. There's fucking in danger. This is great. Yeah, yeah but, the, the, but the, the payoff is so... So anyhow, like the sex yeah, is boring, yeah. right? So... And, and maybe that's just because this is from the 90s. And... Oh, we should. Oh, sorry. I keep interrupting you, but we should also. Did you notice the horrible CGI when you watched it? There was CGI? It's so funny because I'm such a. I'm so in tune for it because I'm a big Kubrick fan. Is what that, was the CGI? They, they, they digitally put in black figures in front of some of the orgy stuff. Because oh, they, did? they didn't want an NC seventeen, ah. and I think it ruins a lot of the shots. I'm not looking like I'm not trying to be like dirty. I don't particularly care about porn, especially like the stunt fucking they're doing in this. But <clears throat> I think it just ruins the co- shot composition a lot of it. You and know, some actually, of them I just guess... look like float. I mean, they look like they had a garbage bag in the middle of the room. Like there's no, it's not in the room. It's just this shadowless mass in front of genitals, which is. So, I guess yeah. I didn't I didn't pay that much attention to it because there's no there's no exciting sex going on. It's just oh, like totally. yeah. people in masks dry humping on tables and stuff well and... that's why i think the point is power not sex that's why i yeah. think this is a reference to like this is actually a reference to fucking children which like the whole you I, know i i told i mean maybe i i really didn't i i mean i wasn't watching for that i was watching for secret society stuff i wanted to see oh yeah i mean from, kind of your, from your level but i mean from on. from i'm like from the 
from the actual people with really with big money level, uh-huh. you know, like the like the senators and the fucking weirdos that literally like the PBS had a documentary conspiracy science where literally they were sending children to the White House to be fucked. Like, I mean, it's just, it's like a thing that happens. Well, that's yeah, terrifying. Uh, yeah, I know it is, but I think this is as close as you can do that on on in a movie and not get you know <sighs> shut down immediately. All right, but well, but the point is, all right, let's stop saying fucking children. Let's, okay, let's okay. Say, uh, let's making talk a love bit... to juveniles. All right, fine. Let's, <laughs> no, no, let's no, no, talk no. a little bit more about like the secret society stuff that was going yeah, on. Yeah, but anyway, just like, I want to put a pin in it. Power dynamic, not sex, which okay. actually annoyed me more about the CGI thing because this isn't a sexy movie. The point of this is all of this is power dynamic. It's 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 the, yeah. It's what so, the please. hell is exciting or transgressive about men having a power dynamic that's over women? Like they should have reversed it. They should have had the men be the ones getting fucked. Yeah, enough with your Saturnalia bullshit. I get it. <laughs> I get it. You worship the unconquered sun. <laughs> Let's not let's not mix up our gods. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so in the end, you know, Bill goes home, talks to whatever his wife's name was. Alice. Alice. <laughs> Bill goes home, talks to Alice. They work everything out. There's some tears. They're like, and oh God, it was just it was so bad. It was like, I know that this movie was trying to be like edgy and sexy in some sense. And maybe it worked in the 90s. Maybe it worked in the 90s. But that part didn't age well. Oh, when he talks to her about when he admits everything? Right at the end where they, like, take oh, well, their kid. I mean, yeah, but you skip, like, the other amazing scene in this film. Oh, where he goes and talks to Victor. When he, he when he talks to Victor, that pool table scene is fucking beautiful. That is so okay, good. Okay, there's yeah. some beautiful stuff about it, and there's some there's a lot of stuff in there that is just super disappointing. Oh, really? And it made uh. me think of a number of other movies. There, there are two other movies in particular that this, that this that I feel like this movie just pales in comparison to. Uh, first, the game. Oh, with Michael Douglas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. So, so that movie has this like initiatory subplot, where yeah, that was actually very similar. I didn't put that. The yeah, very similar movies where it's a play within a play. And but at the same real, time, yeah. like you know, the game uh, initiates him, right? Like by yeah. the end, he's he's become a better, stronger person, and he's sort of like, oh God, I see, you know, what's been happening, and he, you know, sort of embraces the change. Yeah, or like reading Periphery by Alex Bolin. Or like yeah. reading Periphery available by on Amazon.com. Yeah. Yeah. Two and X, on the Patreon. Two X's. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh and then the other movie that it made me think of uh is Ninth Gate. And Ninth Gate blows this movie out of the water Remi- so hard. Remind me of Ninth Gate? I know I saw it. I'm gonna Ninth Gate is with... a Roman Polanski film. It's got um, Is that with Johnny Depp? With Johnny Depp yeah, where okay, they're doing yeah. like the, the so so Ninth Gate is filled with rich occult symbolism it's got this whole initiatory subplot going on through the whole movie that you don't even get to see until the end and even then you're sort of like oh my god he, it worked and he went through this and you still don't even know what's going on and you can watch that movie over and over and over again and find new stuff going on that like there's a rich a rich symbolic layer happening in that film that that you can just dive into yeah. in this movie he goes and talks to victor and victor's sort of like so, so I mean, you know, maybe what happened, maybe this is the story of somebody who is rejected. So Tom Cruise's character goes to this secret society sex party and he fails some test and they're sort of like, nope, you're out. You can't, you can't cut it here. You're, you're totally going to, well, yeah. you have to go back to your boring life with your wife and your kid and be like just a normal doctor who squeezes boobs for a living. And, yeah. and so he's sort of like kicked out of the, the club and back into normal life. And maybe that's what this movie is about, but there's definitely no, he's definitely not successfully initiated into anything. No, except for uh, 
banality. Well, it's not no, it's not an initiatory story because that's that's John brought up this point really well, and I guess I didn't put it together because like <clears throat> as much as uh, uh, Bill uh-huh. is successful, attractive, well to do, and is allowed at Victor's party, yeah, he's still essentially a servant to Victor, and because Victor is one percent. Right. Tom Cruise yeah. is a very wealthy man, but he, he's, he's not, like he's uh, like two percent. I think he's like. 12 you know like he's yeah, i don't i don't think there's anywhere close because that dude throws money around like it's friggin' candy no but i mean the amount of money they can throw around is you know yeah. it's that bill gates thing where it's like literally not worth his time to pick a thousand bucks off off the floor yeah like yeah. if you divide how much he makes a year it's literally not worth his time to bend over like it i think we're talking like this level of money but i, I think the movie isn't about initiative thing the movie is about like kind of this i mean it's i think it's hits it on the head a few times but it's reality versus fantasy and then fantasy versus reality in the other direction you know except except that it's except that okay i mean that could be it that could be it i i think that she gives a really hammy sorry i keep interrupting she gives a really hammy speech at the end uh Uh, where she uh. goes into like this exact like well what if dreams are the thing and do dreams matter well dreams can matter and like it's Uh, to me i thought that was really on the nose that was the part of the movie i uh, I disliked like the whole movie was disappointing to me i found a lot of it to be really boring i found a lot of it to be really sort of like there's no special awakening happening here like the main character his change is so yeah sure they're both dynamic characters but their change is going from like oh, we're super happy in this, like, imaginary happiness. And then, oh, we have to sort of face the fact that we're, like, human and we like other people sometimes. So Like, that's a, bullshit. What a, sort of bullshit changes and, that? No, but they have to ignore it. So that it's almost like their eyes are wide shut. You know, if there wasn't a table between us, I'd totally punch you right <laughs> no, now. No, but I mean, that is what the movie's titled. That's the point of it. I know, but it's, it. it's just awful. It's so awful. Like, I, 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 this movie, like, it started boring. It goes into this thing where you're like, oh, maybe something interesting is going to go on. And then it ends in this, like, flat, ordinary sort of uh, note where you're kind of like, ugh, that's I, it? I, I, sh- I should have asked you about this beforehand. I actually don't know much about your, your, your movie uh, enjoyment. But do you like Kubrick as a, as a filmmaker? Um, yes, I feel like I've enjoyed plenty of Kubrick films. Uh, Name some and I'll tell you if I liked them. Uh, uh, 2001, A Clockwork Orange, The Shining, Barry Lyndon. I loved uh, those first three. Paths of Glory. Those are the ones I could do off the top of my head. Uh, I have not seen Barry Lyndon nor Paths of Glory. Barry Lyndon you would find tremendously boring. Okay, then I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. But those other four I really liked. 2001 I've watched, I've watched many times. Clockwork Orange you like? I liked Clockwork Orange. I've I've only seen Clockwork Orange maybe once or twice, so it's been a long time. But I really liked. I, I found it really fun to watch, and I really enjoyed it. See, I felt that this actually had a, I had a, um, for lack of a better word, like a simpatico with Clockwork Orange, where it is a character doing a story arc, where the story arc ends back at the beginning, where literally nothing's changed about him other than being vaguely aware of what he is more than he did in the beginning. Like, there's no real. Well, I mean, it's super possible that I missed yeah. the point of this movie. Oh, but... no, I'm not trying to – look, oh, I, t- I'm one uh, of those – I love Kubrick, but I'm also one of those people going like, yeah, if I was – if I was in, 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 in genetic makeup, if I was like uh, two allele reactions to the left, I could find him boring. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not – I'm a Kubrick defender, but only in that like I happen to really like it, but I'm not – I'm not like one of those like he's the best filmmaker ever. I think he's very, very good, but like I could totally get finding this – I could see this being just like a wet fart, just like, oh, yeah, that was a thing that happened. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, my my feeling about uh, Eyes Wide Shut is I expected a lot more out of it. 
And I feel like, yeah, I mean, as far as people who get off on secret society stuff and conspiracy theory stuff, I think that it very much falls down. Yeah. I feel like it, it doesn't provide, you know, what's the movie with uh, Mel Gibson where he keeps buying Catcher in the Rye? That was, that was other, uh, was the, it was, he did two in a year that were the same movie. Uh, that uh-huh. was Conspiracy Theory. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. That's great for conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Super fun. Not not super complicated, but super fun. This movie feels like it really wants to be complicated, and I feel like it's not. I feel like this movie is mostly about a married couple who think that they're hot shit learning to live with who they really are. Yeah. Which I think that is what it is about. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, part of that is is cool, but also what you see is that they are very sexually uh conservative boring people who just like to look pretty and they aren't really into i mean you know you find like in portland they would be the most prudish people in the city yeah well i said this i said this like oh my god i had i had a dream where i had sex with somebody else (gasps) yeah is in crisis that would never happen here that would never happen that's not a real life thing is it i think part of the casting is part of that too where i I think this is purposeful is that they're very attractive people Mm -hmm. but i don't think i don't find any of them sexy there's no sensuality about either of them like nicole kidman is beautiful by all by all but in in a this is gonna sound this is so objectifying it's ridiculous but like please understand i i respect her as an actress but like She's not, she's not an Angelina Jolie. She's not like one of those, she just, she's got fuck on her. Like, like uh, 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 Marilyn Monroe, where it's just like, there's something about them that's like sensual and alive, almost right, like, a, right. like a Gaia thing. Nicole yeah, I mean, Kidman even... is more of like a, that is an amazingly beautiful painting or a statue of like, right. this. The, you are shockingly beautiful, but there's no vivaciousness. There's no sex. And yeah, same as Tom Cruise, yeah. like, that's a very handsome man, but it's like. I don't really like it's not like I want to see him fuck like he's just kind of like he's a good looking guy yeah. there's that scene uh, kind of near the beginning where they're sort of like in bed or they're like getting dressed or something and like Tom Cruise is sort of grasp, grasping Nicole Kidman from behind yeah and it's the sort of thing where like you watch it and you're sort of like well, I guess I could see couples doing that but it wasn't it wasn't sexy yeah yeah I, I can see that 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 makes sense I think that probably was purposeful because I think that's I think that is what the thrust of the movie is I think the the initiatory or like the you know the cult stuff is just set dressing for the story of this kind of dream versus reality versus you know you know what real life is actually like but it's Kubrick so there's probably six other layers as well there could be there could be I I guess uh, I I think that my surface take on it as like a secret society style movie is that um, it's a failed initiation yeah Uh, and so which which means that I, I I might it would, if I watched it again, which I won't because it's three fucking hours long. It is a very long movie. I should have um, warned you beforehand. Sorry about that. It's all right. It's all right. I, I, I watched it and uh, and drank a lot of gin. It See, was... I the problem is I really like it. So, like, I, I forgot that it was three hours because, like, I knew it's long, but in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's 2.15 or something. Like, like it just... <laughs> oh, it's long and the payoff is very small. See, I like, I like the end of the... I really like the payoff of the end of them shopping together and it's really awkward and they're having this kind of odd back and forth. And then she gets her soliloquy, which is garbage. But then oh, she man. goes, you know, the first thing we need to do is fuck. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. Because I like... But even that, even that, it's like, it's like she's sort of like, we're going to be racy. We're going to do something nasty. We're going to like go do that. And you're watching it and you're sort of like, you're boring. 
See, I took it the other. <laughs> I, I took it as we need to reconnect to our primal kind of parts. I guess yeah. that could be it, but it still struck me as boring. Like I, I don't want to be in that relationship. I don't want to be. I don't want to be married to either of them. No, I mean, I would like the Cole Kidman. Like in real life, seems great, you know. But you know, I don't want to be married to her in this movie. Alice is a fucking snooze for, especially for an artist. Is she an artist? Well, she owned an art gallery because that's what she talks to the Hungarian guy that tried to fuck her at the first party. All right. I want that Hungarian guy to come back. That Hungarian is guy there, was fucking great. Is there a sequel starring the Hungarian guy? It, I, I want to see his adventures. Well, so here's here's some of the questions that I have leaving it because I, I you know because of who we are, I think we focus a lot on the on the 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 orgy so party. Is I wonder Sandor if Sandor Salvas. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if he is uh, one. I wonder if he's at the party. Yeah, that he's somewhere in there because that guy's smooth as fuck and, he, and he's probably just he's probably got the best dick i don't like think he the needs, best dick he probably doesn't need to be at the party and yeah. he probably doesn't need, need a good dick because he's so smooth yeah he's smooth as shit john he's, was telling me that um apparently some of the lines he used to her is like straight out of a pickup artist book <laughs> no I, I i'm getting this very third hand but john said that's like actually like literally what you're like that you, those, so so given the number of pickup artist books that have been written in the last 20 years i wonder if the pickup artists stole from him instead of the other way around Oh, it's, it's possible. Yeah, because that guy was smooth as shit. Like, what a handsome bastard. I mean, he should have been the lead in this movie. Oh, you know what? I do have I do have an interesting thing to bring up. Oh, please. So, so this movie came out in 1999. Um, and at that point, uh, The Invisibles had been going on for quite a while, yeah. right? The comic book series. And I thought there were some scenes with Nicole Kidman where she was wearing the little round uh, spectacles where she looked a lot like Ragged Robin from The Invisibles. And I don't know if that was a direct visual reference or not but um but i thought that uh it was kind of striking there was a scene in particular where uh where she was sort of being whatever she was doing she had these little spectacles on and i was like oh my god that's ragged robin um i i, I happen to have a copy of the visuals literally within arm's reach of me so i, if I, I don't know see... if that's a late enough copy but it would be the one where ragged robin didn't have makeup on yeah, I don't. I think she's still all makeup during all this. Yeah. I'm trying to look at the end of the book. Uh. So, uh, so I thought that was really interesting because it struck me really strongly. And then another thing that might be some sort of esoteric clue is in uh, Bill Hartford's um, doctor office. There's this painting next to the receptionist desk that looks like it has a Hebrew letter in it, and it's either a vav or a or a resh. Um, you can't really tell which one. Uh, and neither of them had any particular, I mean, the Vav sometimes is used to signify like penises, but, but aside from that, there was no, there was no other context for that. So yeah. those were two sort of things that sort of jumped out at me early on in the film was the, was Nicole Kidman looking like a ragged Robin for the Invisibles and that one Hebrew letter in uh, Dr. Hartford's waiting room. But aside from that, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of like background stuff to look at. There were like business names. I think I wrote down some of the business names. There was um, uh, maybe I didn't write. I did notice. And this is secret society related, but I did notice in the um, the the, the uh, uh, sex worker that picks him up that first scene. Domino. Uh, Domino, uh, a mask style. Yeah. Um, but uh, the one book on her shelf, it's a sociology book. That's like oh, very yeah, yeah. prominent, which what my, my immediately, I thought it said Scientology. I went, oh, dude, Kubrick, you're the best guy ever. It's like, nah, shit. So, but it was weird, like the placement of it. So there was like mm-hmm. a kind of, because I mean, again, we're dealing, we are dealing with like a lot of like union concepts here that like, I mean, that's 
sounds pretentious, but I mean, every movie is like that. But I think that's right, very right. kind of base level, you know, uh, dream versus reality, union, you know, conscious kind of stuff. And that was like an interesting little kind of drop or it's just set dressing and I'm reading too much into it. Because <laughs> that's yeah. what you do with Kubrick movies. You ever right. seen, did you ever watch Room 237? Oh, you need to watch this. It's a documentary. It's about all the crazy theories around The Shining. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I don't know if I've watched it, but I've, I've read a lot of stuff about The Shining. Oh, the Shining is a brilliant movie. Yeah. Like, that's a great movie. You have to watch You, ha- you have to watch Room 237. It's fucking great. Like, the, the amount... There's, like, five minutes of, like... Uh, five minutes of, like, the edge of your seat interest about the Calumet baking soda in the freezer room. Like, it's, it's fucking... It's... Oh, it's so good. Um... Yeah, I, so that's kind of what I thought you were going to get out of it. I was hoping not. Not this is going to sound like I'm disappointed with you. I am not. You brought you brought what you should bring to the table, and I thank you greatly. But Dude, I I thought the, I I kind of pulled that out of it as well. I missed the Hebrew letters, but it's one of those. I I think it's just set dressing, and I was kind of I just I, you know in my fantasy land of like you know you would be one of those like oh yeah that's a yeah i watched i totally was looking for like i when i watched this time especially like i looked for stuff that would be secret society ish uh so oh you know what something else that i really liked so we the the victor scene at the end where he's in the his old office with the billiard table and like his book collection was old and dusty and some of it was extra old and extra dusty which um made me where and so i I tried to think about that a little bit like what's that all about like why you know he doesn't look like the sort that reads latin for instance yeah um so he's definitely old money like there's a there's an element of the of the wealth the wealthy class here like the one percenters that we were talking about earlier that is not they're not nouveau riche you know they are they are old ancient money. Like they've been around yeah. forever. They've got that, that giant like palatial house estate thing. They've got like butlers that are three times the age of Tom Cruise's character. Uh, you know, they, you know, so, so there are things there that are sort of talking about like, you know, and maybe this is, maybe this is part of it, which is that you don't get to just break into this particular group. You know, you have to be born into it. You oh, have yeah, to be, yeah. You have to be part of an old family. You have to be rich as fuck. Uh, and I don't know what that means for the women. Like, are the women... So so they they never really resolve the fact, like, was Domino the woman at the party? They don't really resolve that. You know, she showed up with a drug overdose. It turns out that she had HIV. Like, there's yeah. all this stuff that's sort of like, ah... I mean, if she was HIV positive, well, she no, no, it wasn't Domino. It was the woman that he... That overdosed earlier is who they're referencing her being at the party. Um, Remember, he finds the overdose girl. The first time we meet Victor is that he's oh, fucking so this overdose girl. Oh, so that's not Domino. No, or I don't think it is. I think that's just some. Uh, okay, okay. I think that's just a random because that's way too coincidental. Right. So it's yeah. the woman, the woman who overdosed at the first party. I think she's supposed to be Featherhead, who I called her. The the, the main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think that's the one from the first party, uh, Mandy, or Molly? Yeah, whatever that one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That makes more sense. I think that's what it is because if, if that's if that's Domino, that's too coincidental, and okay. and, and that's that's that's, t- that's too easy for Kubrick. Like he's he's way too layered of a writer to let that right. kind of just you know, hey, it's a small city. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess in the end, I would I would say like, don't look at Eyes Wide Shut as a secret society movie. Yeah. But look at it as a movie of upwardly mobile 
people who find their ceiling and have to just deal with yeah. being who they are. They just had a tangent of being able to look at what the 1% yeah. creepos are doing. Yeah. Now, here's my question to you. Do you think that the Temple Oculus Anubis has that kind of orgy happening in it? Because I think it does. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. But I think that we also... I, I, uh, I feel like I've read some stuff online about the family who owns it and stuff, and I don't think they do. I think that if there's that sort of orgy happening in, in Portland, it would probably be... Um, I don't think I, fairly, fairly well hidden. Yeah, for, and frankly, I don't think there's enough money in Portland for that kind of like. There might be like kind of minor versions of that happening here, but like, yeah. I think just the schlubs have orgies here. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, we, yeah. you know, we we have we have we have sex clubs in Portland. Yeah, there's where people a, go to like, have sex, like, like sex clubs. Yeah, on your walk home, there's a sex club like right there. Yeah, <laughs> the one by the Safeway. Yeah, it's true. There's yeah. sex clubs all over the place in Portland. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's not like you need it. Um, I mean, I, I met a friend of mine recently, and we were I hadn't seen her in a while, and we were sitting down, and I was like, so what do you? You know, we were talking about what she does for work. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm a bartender at a sex club. I'm like, oh, which one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so, so in terms of, like, secret society stuff, I, I do think that Eyes Wide Shut really falls down. But if your listeners want to see some really good secret society stuff, I think that both The Game and Ninth Gate are both awesome movies for that sort of stuff. Ninth Gate in particular, like, as somebody who's interested in the – in like renaissance occult stuff and secret societies like i have watched that movie over and over and over again looking for cool stuff to pull out of it and there's there's tons of little tidbits who knows how much of it is purposeful and how much of it isn't um and then the game in particular is kind of based on a uh, john fowles novel called the magus which is incredible and if it leads you down a john fowles rabbit hole where you start reading his other books like he will just blow your mind. So so I think that the fact that Eyes Wide Shut reminded me of those two things is probably more valuable than Eyes Wide Shut itself. Yeah. Uh, I would. I mean, if you want to watch a weird, creepy movie that you don't really know what's going on and involves a ton of occult themes, just pick any random Jodorowsky and you're good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Holy Cow yeah. and El Topo. Like, you're good. Like, just, just run that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if you're going to watch some Jodorowsky, you should probably just take drugs too just like load up on some hallucinogens well i mean i recommend that for any movie really strap in yeah <laughs> i mean if you're if you're gonna watch spongebob tales from the bikini bottom just uh well that's a porn parody but you know just load up on drugs uh, before you watch anything i don't think anybody and nobody watches spongebob sober do they is that a thing i mean i guess children do um oh yeah poor kids those poor kids yeah i did i don't know i just i'm not allowed within 300 feet of one <laughs> I went to this party once in the in upstate New York. Things happened. All right, that was all I to Thank you for talking about it. Let's yeah, yeah. let's yeah. get some business out of the way now that I, now that I'm not hiccuping. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm glad that your magic remedy worked. What um you you've been a Patreon person for more than me. Uh, Patreon.com slash uh, Arnamancy. Arnamancy. I'm Patreon.com slash Alex Bolin. Alex with two X's. And Bolin with two L's. Bolin with two L's. Alex Bowen with three L's, but the first L's in Alex, and then the second two L's are in Bolin. And so, there are no know, X's in Bolin. No, no, and there's two E's. It's the second from last letter in both names. <laughs> so that should make it easy. Uh, what? Um, it's actually the third from the last in Alex. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was spelling it. I was spelling, <laughs> I, I was spelling it my, my normie way. Uh, um, so I just set it up. So people out there, if you want to support me, that's great. Uh, five bucks gets you the back catalog. Twenty-five bucks gets you a signed copy of Periphery in the back catalog. And, and this is a monthly. 
yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. Okay. So this is the reason I'm bringing it up again now. One, just you can do like uh, some guy gave me three bucks a month and that gives you nothing. So um, thank you. Three bucks. Like just support me. That's all. I, but I mean, if you want. You should make a dollar a month. Level. Yeah, I'm going to do because I don't know what I'm doing. So okay. I'm going to make a dollar a month level. Uh, but if you guys want something like from me on the Patreon, just please feel to get in touch because I don't I I'm not like, girl, this is what you deserve for this money. I just don't know what I'm doing. So if you want like. I don't know, like weird old writing. No one's ever heard from me. I'll, I'll gladly dig some up if you want. I if think you want that me to like awesome. Yeah, if you want me to record a personal message, I said that I put a hundred dollar level of like, hey, I'll give you everything I have. I'll record a fucking show for you. Like whatever. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not prostituting. Right? Like I'm not gonna do anything undignified. But like, look, this is the thing. Is I'm trying to be a creator. Uh, it's really hard to make money in this stuff. So if you guys enjoy what I do, which I know a lot of you out there have been listening for a long time. I'm not demanding it from you, but it'd be cool if, you know, I mean, it's a cup of coffee a month. So, yeah, yeah. but what else, what else can I tell them, Eric? What else should I offer? What, what well, let's, I mean, let's workshop this live on air. Honestly, you know, uh, so I've been, I've been doing the Patreon stuff for a little while and I don't have the, the fan base that you do. Um, but, uh, but I agree. Like, I feel like a lot of people out there don't realize how much work goes into creating content. And honestly, like podcasting is way easier than writing. Yeah. Uh, But it's still work. You know, it's still like it can be really exhausting. You have to have conversations with people, which folks like you and I are not the best at. Yeah. And Uh, also stopping here, like we're talking to like just looking at my setup right now. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. We're talking to at least eight hundred dollars of equipment. Right. I that's one hundred percent out of my pocket. There's there's just I I put eight hundred dollars out so I can entertain to be people and so then, and then there's like the monthly hosting costs i mean that's yeah. actually one of the things about podcasts is that it the, the it adds up you have hosting costs that add up yeah uh you know i mean i guess uh i don't know that i'm the best person to ask since my patreon hasn't been ridiculous ridiculously successful yet but i sort of have like a one dollar level where i'm like if you like it and it goes into your daily commuting queue give me a buck a month that's now, does like do you do you offer anything for a buck a month, or is that just like, hey, help me, um, help support me? I give them free, or I give them early access to podcast episodes. Although lately, it's usually been like one or two days early instead of anything else. Yeah, uh, for a buck, that's nice. For a yeah. buck, yeah. And then they also get early um, access to all of my blog posts, and I do about two. And my blog posts are pretty in, are, tend to be pretty intense and long, so they get those usually five days in advance. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's my dollar a month. At, wow. At $5 a month, people get to read stuff like uh, instructions on astrological magic and um, other weird occult crap. Like I share rituals I've put together and all that sorts of stuff. Which oh, that's cool. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was thinking about doing a because uh, I was I was gonna put a, a a less ridiculous like I threw the hundred dollar one out there just for the hell of it because I just wanted another tier but putting a a an expensive but not uh, overly expensive tier and add in like a uh, you know a tower reading or something like that there you know yeah I've thought about doing that yeah. but the the problem is the the effort adds up a lot right so like tarot readings you know for for a good tarot reading I normally charge you know fifty bucks for that yeah. So I suppose I could do like a 50 bucks. Well, that's month. what I was thinking. Just throw like an actual, yeah. you know, like throw a $50 level or throw like something like that where it's like, hey, I'll give you a tower rating once a month for, you know, yeah. for your 
subscribe subscription yeah that might be a good idea i i feel like um it'd be great if more listeners sort of chimed in and said this is something that i'd be happy to happy to contribute well that's yeah that's why i wanted this on the on the show between two uh uh, me being a complete neophyte to patreon and you having done it for a bit Um, yeah you know so audience out there you uh uh, i'm the alex cast on twitter uh alex cast on facebook um alex bolin on instagram your mom at gmail.com Yes, uh, your mom at gmail.com. Uh, I'm on MeWe, but I have exactly one friend, Eric. Hey! Um, yeah, anywhere. Uh, you can email me, alexcast at gmail.com, alex at alexcast. It, there's, it's so easy to get in touch with me. Just if you want something, just uh, make make a reference. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, so you can help craft this. Or if you just want to, like, give me five bucks a month and don't worry about it, that'd be Brad, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel that same way. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm I'm glad that I got to be on the Alex cast again. What is this, my third time? It's only four. It might be my fourth time. Oh, think, yeah, that's right, yeah, because... We, uh, we did two regular ones. We did the it? ritual. Meloso yeah. Wobiscum et cum spiritum. Yeah. That was, uh, that was number three. Oh, I should tell you this. Um, so this girl that I was friends with uh, 20 years ago or so uh-huh. uh, got back in touch with me recently, like like within the last week. And she's like, hey, I just, you know, I thought of you the other day. I wanted to look you up. I'm like, hey, wow, really good to hear. But she found the Alex cast. Yeah. So she's been listening to episodes. And once she made references, she was listening to the fucking uh, the ritual episode. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's got to be weird. That's like, got to be weird. What not, did she think? What did she think? I, she didn't She didn't get back on that. Uh, I, I I don't think that's a bad thing. I, we're not at like a, but uh, she bought some books and stuff. So, I mean, she, she seems to be into it. But the, the point is like, that's a weird, like, hey, we haven't talked for, you know, nearly for 20, 20 years. years. Oh, look, oh, you're summoning like, yeah. cartoon demons <laughs> in the middle of a park. <laughs> Yeah, it's like what a what a odd reintroduction. I mean, I don't remember what I was like back then, but I'm pretty sure it's not that 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 jarring of a change from me at 21 or whatever to be. I can't. I think I saw her when I was 21 last time or 23, so yeah. less than 20 years. But I can't imagine I was so like if at 21 someone said, "Hey, you know, when you're in your late 30s, you're going to be doing like weird rituals and uh, doing a fake radio show." I don't think I'd be like shocked by any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I would have been that shocked either. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, I was getting ready to be a Freemason, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I I hope that, you know, if you've got listeners who are way into the secret society stuff, I, I'd love to talk to them and help them find some movies that'll scratch their conspiracy theory itch. Uh, especially ones that help them, like, learn actual stuff about secret societies, because... There's a lot of cool secret society stuff in the real world. Some of it's super weird. Some of it we don't have answers for. Some of it is like lost knowledge. Um, and there's just a ton. And, and sometimes, you know, researching it can be a little dry and scholastic. And Yeah. Uh, and there, so, you know, finding some good movies is, is, is a great way to do it. Eyes Wide Shut is not going to scratch your secret society itch. Yeah. Speaking of that, I meant, I meant to ask you this. I mean, we sort of danced around it when we mm-hmm. talked about your first time on. Not controlling the universe, which is what I asked you last time. But do you? Th- what are the chances that there's a secret society existing right now akin to this? Not necessarily. Akin to just. Like the Eyes Wide Shut people? Yeah, ragingly I... rich, orgiastic people. Uh, I mean, I know. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like, yeah. I'm sure. I'm I guess. Sure the, I guess there's... the question is, because I, I, I can answer that one. Like, I guess the question is, is there a? Have you heard rumblings of another, like, <clears throat> like, um, 
back when the Freemasons were somewhat secretive, people were uh-huh. like, oh, Freemasons. Psh, psh, psh. Like, is there like a, uh, like, oh, no one knows anything about this one group that we sort of know the name of, you know? Well, I'll say that there are definitely, um, there are definitely lots of sort of like uh, short-term um, extra secret secret societies, some of which have been around Freemasonry, most of which haven't had really interesting uh, political goals. Uh, one of my fa- one of my favorites that I've actually been researching is this group called the Conservators, who existed from 1860 to 1865. Uh, and they were a secret society of Freemasons inside Freemasonry that nobody else knew about. They had like 3,000 members. <laughs> and their goal was to standardize Masonic ritual across the United States. Oh, yeah. Not a not an interesting goal for people yeah. who aren't like super nerdy about it. But there have been, like there are definitely... Um, you know, anytime you get a small group of guys together or people together who are interested in secret society shit, they might make a ritual and they might just invent a secret society on the spot. And they might just sort of like initiate each other and do, do that sort of thing. Like your listeners can do it. All they need is a couple of friends who are into weird stuff. I've been saying the, the apocalypse is, is the name of the thing. I've been wanting to start a cult forever. And we there, we've got, we've got all the, we got the people listening. Um, (laughs) I more mean like yes, that is good information. I I more like so like sex cults. But I mean, is there like is there a name for like let's I'm gonna make up the name the illusionists. Okay. Like, is there is there like a a word that's whispered that you're like you know like uh, okay let's no I they're honestly yeah isn't. okay um but and but I'm I'm sure that secret societies exist. Oh no, I'm, I'm I am sure as well. That, like, I'm just really I, yeah. secret ones do. You know, I mean, the Hellfire Club is probably the best uh, popular. That's example. exactly what I was thinking of. But like, um, uh, but yeah. then you also know, you know, you like a uh, propaganda do the the um the the rogue Masonic lodge in Italy that was made up of like bankers who were doing like weird financial shit. I don't know, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Yeah. But you know, so you, you know, you, there, those things crop up from time to time. I doubt they last long, yeah. because it's. You know, I would suspect that, like, the best criminal secret societies are familial and generational. And those are usually, like, um, uh, Cosa Nostra, like the the, the mafia type stuff, right? And those sorts of secret societies exist. Uh, They end up being found. At least most of them end up being found. But the the reason that they keep existing is they're good at covering their asses and staying out of, like, legal trouble. Um, But we know about a lot of them. Um, and I'm sure that there are more out there that we don't know. Uh, the uh, like the the Chinese Freemasons, which would be like the the triads and stuff out of China, which are uh, which is a, a pretty big mix of like you have like uh, fraternal benefit societies that that are basically just like fraternal organizations that that provide sort of like insurance or health benefits to their members, all the way through you know criminal triads that. You know, which we had in Portland for a while. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you're you're always going to have those sorts of organizations. People like to be secret. Yeah, privacy is one of our rights. The Fourth Amendment guarantees us privacy, and because I guess, of that, secret yeah. societies are very American. Yeah, no, I guess what I'm looking for, and that's good. I agree with you in all facts. Yeah. It's I guess just, what I'm looking for is like I remember in, in the mid '90s when I, I mean, I guess I started getting into like the weirdness in the early '90s. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I was like 12 or whatever when I started right. to get down this road. And back when you fed your first tree. Yeah, basically, the 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 earliest references and they were impossible to find was this was before the Bilderberg Group was a proven thing. Uh-huh. They were whispers of them. 
I know the whispers were somewhere, to, you know, eventually just proven to be true. Mm-hmm. That, I guess that's what I'm looking for is that I'm, I guess I'm chasing my high uh. of when I was young when there was, and yeah. I'm just kind of hoping that there's, and I'm calling them the illusionists, that there's, <laughs> there's just a group of shadowy people that it's like, oh yeah, you know, in the, in the, in our fraternal orders, we do hear about this one thing. We don't know anything about that, but I mean, it's, I'm a fiction writer and these are the things I picture in the universe. Um, I would have to say, I don't have anything really good for you there. Yeah. I really don't. Uh, I don't know. Neither of us have anywhere near the money to have heard of them is, I think, the problem. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty much, uh, you know, I, I took a vow of poverty, so I'm just going to be poor forever. Yeah, I just took a vow of I don't have a good job. Well, <laughs> yeah. do it I took a vow of writing books no one wants to read. <laughs> I feel like we should probably take a vow of, like, drinking whiskey to forget our problems pretty soon. Yeah, no, no, that vow is happening soon. That's why I'm wrapping up here. All right. All right. So, Patreon, uh, give me money. Give Eric money. Uh, because we've been giving you free stuff forever. Well, not Eric, but me. I've been Wait, giving you free I'm, stuff forever. I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, no, but, you know, I, I'm longer lasting. Uh, okay, that's yeah. true. That's true. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, been doing podcasts since, uh, let's see, 19 dickety 09, ah. and you started a week last Thursday. So I, in this situation... I'm the old master. I now, concede. I, I concede. I, I've for made. Now. I've made it upwards of eight listenable episodes in that time. <laughs> I'm putting up, and uh, it's, uh, this will be the, this will be the going home thought. But uh, maybe this actually might be uh, enticement to people doing the uh, Patreon. So I was putting up the really old episodes. Uh, so episodes one through thirty-eight haven't been available for five years or something because they're just. They're recorded on like a dictaphone. Like I mean, it's just it's they sound awful. Are those I, are the ones on wax cylinder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, the the, the, the background noise is terrible i i have i put uh, i put background music and i do weird shit but that going back up i'm like oh this is so weird but i forgot like there was it stayed weird for a while so i was like popping in like as i was uploading episodes just being like oh yeah that one Ugh. so like there's a few that i actually didn't put up because like oh yeah that caused like a major problem in my social life okay that one's but it i'm was really just, excited yeah. about going back and listening to some of these old Alex episode one episodes. is 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 like it's not that bad it's totally understandable but it doesn't there's no professionality to it and then like I, when i move into here i forgot this, this so this this place is officially you can like it on facebook called the echo chamber studios i forgot i mean i knew it was echoey but i heard the first episode in here and it is echoey that's why all the that's why you sh- got like soundproofing on the walls oh, yeah exactly but it what is, do you call this foam zigzag i think they're stuff. just called soundproofing panels that's, well, yeah, I, I don't think there's yeah, a okay, yeah okay. But anyway, sorry. It was just as I was going through, like, oh god, this is fucking ridiculous. Um, again, I can't recommend uh, enough not listen to those early ones. But I'm gonna they, go yeah. listen. I'm gonna go listen to some uh, classic Alex cast, and I will tweet the ones that are good. And I will tell people if you want to listen to these, you got to be an Alex cast Patreon supporter. I mean, I appreciate it, but oh, and maybe they're good. I don't know. It's me, so it's so hard to tell. But anyway, okay, Eric, thank you very much. How do they find you on in the world? Well, uh, Arnamancy, I'm uh, A-R-N-E-M-A-N-C-Y uh, on Twitter, uh, Arnamancy.com on the web. Uh, I have a podcast called My Alchemical Bromance, which is spelled the way it sounds. And um, and then uh, Arnamancy on Patreon if you if you want to, like, you know, spurn Alex and give me a dollar a month. Exactly. Oh, and that reminds me. All right, wait, do you have any more plugs? Um, nope, that's it. 26 reviews for Periphery are in there now. When I asked, uh, I was at 21. So I got five more. And I got a few reviews on some of the other stuff that's on Amazon. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. 
Uh, I said that 25 was a number that I won't kill myself if I get to. So I did it. We, I don't think I actually said that. I just said it. I said my number for not being sad will be 25 and I'm aiming for 30. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, if if anybody uh, skipped that episode, rightfully so, um, I still very much would like you to uh, review my stuff on Amazon. Unless you don't like it, then just don't review it. Wait, what about John and Alex hate stuff? Are you going to plug that? Hey, John and Alex hate stuff. That's some other movie review show. You can hear me and John talk about Eyes Wide Shut and it is... As different of a review show as this one, like, wow, it's two very different episodes. So, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to, to listening to it. I, you I should. Now you've seen the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And God, that, yeah, I really didn't like the movie. I still like even after all this talk, my opinion of the movie has moved upwards, but it still hasn't crossed over that threshold into like, oh, yeah, that's a good movie. I'm going to tell people to watch it. Well, I think after John Alex episode, uh, I think you're going to really you're going to be bowled over by it. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's a fun show, so listen to that. Okay, thanks guys. Bye.